All right, welcome back to the big program uh, just after 9 o'clock uh, in Edmonton. Man, it was good to have Eddie Steele on. and uh, what, a, what a moment that must have been at Bonton Bakery eight years ago when he was down on one knee proposing to Stephanie. Outstanding. Uh, Frank Saravelli, Saravalli reporting, uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, in evaluation mode today with Captain Jared Spurgeon, the local product, but it sounds like he's going to miss a couple of weeks. So uh, Minnesota Wild without Jared Spurgeon, that's a big hit. He's a big-time leader on that team, obviously the captain. Uh, so hopefully Spurgeon can get back in the lineup fairly quickly. Oilers in action tonight to close out the preseason. Uh, Seattle Kraken are here. 7 o'clock puck drop. Oilers 4-2-1. and one. Uh, in the preseason so far, and we will uh, see what the lineup kind of looks like a little bit, yeah, probably in an hour or so, a little bit more than that. Pre-game skate, 1030. Uh, we'll kind of know exactly who's in and who's out as far as that's concerned. Uh, just waiting to hook up with uh, Arizona Coyotes analyst uh, Tyson Nash, local product from uh, Sherwood Park, and uh, played his minor hockey in Sherwood Park and played, uh, I believe, in the old Alberta Midget League with the Sherwood Park Flyers about 30 years ago. He's a dandy. He's a beauty. Uh, You know what? Those Kamloops Blazers teams in the, well, mid-90s, oh, man, powerhouses, just powerhouses. And all the guys that they had on those teams, uh, and and Tyson Nash was one of them for, for several years, all the guys that seemed like there isn't a guy that didn't do anything, didn't really move on to something, whether it be in the NHL, whether it be in business. I mean, we're talking even a guy like Strud's, you know. A guy like Strud's has done well for himself. Good stuff. Um, the Duke is just lining things up with Tyson Nash right now. So that means it's time for the uh, puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Right now during the Road Ready Sales event, you can save up to 25% on select tires and a bonus of 50 bucks off any service until October 21st. Book your appointment at FountainTire.com. Some restrictions do apply as we welcome in uh, Tyson Nash, Arizona Coyotes uh, color analyst. Uh, Nasher, how you doing, big guy? I am doing fantastic. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me, guys. Well, it's good to have you on, and uh, you know what? We might as well get this uh, out of the way right off the hop. Have you ever done an Edmonton radio show uh, without the host uh, bringing up Jason Strudwick? Oh God, God help me! <laughs> uh, it, no, no, not not very often. Not uh, not when it's coming from Edmonton. I mean, uh, the, the guy is uh, all over the place, isn't he? Yeah, and I mean, but it just must be going. Ah, oh, what do we got to talk about Struds again for? Well, he is a he is a big, easy target, slow moving target. <laughs> I, I always said that when he played. When he played, so it was uh, it was always a treat. The uh, I mean, it's just too easy, right? Yeah. The toupee, the you know, <laughs> whatever it is. It is for sure, but uh, in all seriousness, uh, when you guys were playing together in Kamloops uh, in the mid-90s, um, you know, when you look at those rosters, when you were playing for the Blazers, so many of those guys, like everyone went on to be successful, it seems, in either, you know, the NHL or business or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, is there a reason you can, can you put your finger on why it almost seemed every guy from all those teams went on to bigger and better things? Well, I know you know a lot of a lot of people sometimes downplay you know junior hockey and uh, I mean you're 16 years old till till 20 and you kind of you know downplay that and you, you don't think it's a, a real important part 
uh, of your overall life. But mm-hmm. when, when I look back and, and just hearing you ask the question, uh, it's an important time in a, in a kid's in a kid's life. And that's kind of when, you know, for myself and I think for a lot of us that we we turned into uh, into men. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're 16 years old. You come into Kamloops. Um you know, you're surrounded by, by mentors, uh, guys that you look up to, and Daryl Sador and Scott Niedemeyer and, and Corey Hirsch and Zach Boyer. And, you know, you watch how those guys, um, you know, come to work every day, come to the rink and, and battle and, um, you know, how they act and carry themselves off the ice. And, you know, you, you just soak that up as a young kid. Uh, and then it's your turn to, to be the leader on the team. And you, you try to implement all those things into your life and into your game and uh, the work ethic and, and teaching the young kids that, that come in. And it's a revolving door, right? And I think that yeah. as you move on in life and, you know, you, you win championships and we all pushed each other. That was, that was the beauty of, mm-hmm. of playing in Kamloops is we all pushed each other to be better. And, um, you know, I think that just kind of carries on as you move along in life that this is how it's got to be. And, you know, this is how you function, you know, in, in life, in hockey, whatever it is, moving forward, you work and, and you grind and uh, eventually things work out. For sure. Tyson Nash is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440 uh, in Edmonton. Before you, you got to uh, Kamloops, uh, you were in Sherwood Park, you played for the, the Flyers. Can you kind of uh, touch on that time when you were even younger before you got to, out to, to Kamloops, but when you were playing you know, in the, in the Sherwood Park system and, and who are the, some of the people that helped and shape and mold you to kind of get to that next stage in your life? Oh, man, it was such a, an amazing I had a I had a tough childhood, uh, just how I grew up. But um, I'll tell you what: growing up in Truro Park, um, hockey was my was always my mm-hmm. outlet, right? And hockey was such a big part of my life, and still is today. And it's such an incredible game, um, and the people that you meet, and the places you go, and uh, just the experiences that you get to have, and friendships that last a, a lifetime. Guys I played with even back at Truro Park that I'm still friends with today mm-hmm. playing for the the jets it was back then the barons when i was even younger um the alberta chain gang um just so many people had an impact in in my life uh i know chris deacon was was one of my coaches um you know mr mcbride and mr herbert um they were two guys that certainly come to come to mind that that helped me uh stan symes uh brad and brent symes is uh, mm-hmm. dad uh, who's a firefighter um, he had a massive impact in my in my life as well. Mr. Fisher, who played for the Oilers uh, way back in the day. So even back then, I had like really good coaches that um, that really helped me uh, along the way. And it's hilarious now because my son is actually playing for the uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings now. He got traded uh, earlier this year, and he's living in Truro Park now, uh, not far from where my uh, my father in law used to live. So it's a it's a small a small world. It's uh, but Truro Park is a wonderful place to grow up. For sure. Uh, I wanted to touch on with your son here now. Um, that's got to make your, your chest puff out a lot. For sure. I mean, uh, you know, obviously he's a 20-year-old now. Uh, you know, he's been through the, the whole COVID area, era, you know, era, I should say. It was an absolute nightmare for, for yeah. a lot of kids, but especially the 03 kids. 
um, who miss significant time, um, you know, in their in their WHL careers. So uh, he's hoping to have a big year. He was off to the Boston Bruins camp. Unfortunately, he sustained a uh, a hand injury, broke his hand. So he's been uh, going to be in a cast for the next uh, next eight weeks. Uh, back, hopefully. Uh, a few weeks before Christmas. So he's really looking to have a, a big year and a big mm-hmm. impact with that team. And uh, all he said, he's actually home right now with us here in Arizona. Uh, but this this organization is absolutely first class mm-hmm. all the way. Uh, from the general manager, all the coaches, the trainers, they have been so good to him uh, in the short time he's been there. So he's looking forward to getting back on the ice and uh, having some fun. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we had Coach Luke Pierce on yesterday, um, and you know we were talking about a lot of the players that are going to be coming back uh, with the team. Laddie Schmid is our co-host on uh, Thursday, so you know Laddie's been working with guys uh, la- uh, in the last little bit with the Oil Kings. So uh, Tyson Nash is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show, uh, Sports fourteen forty. How how difficult was it for you after you finished your pro career? to make that transition into broadcasting because you've been doing such a great job at it for so many years. Was it a difficult transition or did it just come natural and easy for you? Uh, well, as you guys know, nothing, nothing comes easy in this business. Um, it, it's a grind. It's no different than, it, than anything. No different than playing hockey. Uh, you have to work at it. You got to put the time in. You have to get the reps. And that's when it becomes a little bit more natural. Mm-hmm. Um, Excuse me, um, but I, it was you know honestly a blessing in disguise. When you retire from anything, especially for for myself uh, as a hockey player, you know it, it's my identity, my entire life. Since you're five years old, you're, yeah. you're a hockey player. You talk hockey every day. It seems like every conversation is is around hockey, uh, and then all of a sudden that ends, and you become just a you know. A, a normal citizen, you know, and all of a sudden no one's talking to you about hockey and you're, you know, you're not in the limelight. You're not under the bright lights in the NHL. And it was a, it was a tough transition for me. I, uh, I was fairly depressed for, uh, probably a year, even when I was, you know, in broadcasting. And I was fortunate because a lot of players don't, you know, get that opportunity. And for me, I guess it was kind of my personality when I was a player, I was kind of a, you know, the, the locker room clown, the jokester, um, you know, always chirping, always talking, never, <laughs> never shy around the camera. That, that's uh, that's mm-hmm. for sure. So it was kind of a natural way um, transition that way, but have to work at it. You, you got to grind. Um, and some nights, as you know, some days you can't spit anything out. You can't put a full <laughs> sentence together. And, and other days it makes no sense, but it just flows off the tongue and, you're in that zone and uh you know that's uh that's the ultimate goal isn't that funny how it works as we speaking with the tyson nash a coyotes analyst uh, it, it seems like that all the time you might have a good segment you might have a good period and next thing you know you you want to try to say something you can't get it out and you as soon as you're done saying it you go did i just say that did i really just say that <laughs> i mean it's crazy isn't it yeah, the best advice I ever got was uh, Dave Strader. He was one of the best mm-hmm. in the business, Hall of Famer, broadcaster. Uh, you know, when we first worked together, he could tell because I'd get so upset when I'd, when I'd mess an open up or, uh, you know, a period. He'd be like, shake it off. No different than you played. You have a bad shift, just don't make it two. 
you know, don't make it three. And uh, and it was good advice because you can kind of go down a rabbit hole when you when you struggle, you start to overthink, and that's really when you get into trouble in this business. Mm-hmm. Is there an area where some things come more natural to you, some things come easier? Uh, maybe part of the game that you're analyzing. Uh, you know, we always have a lot of goaltenders on, and they seem to be going, oh, "Well, you know, Grant Fear comes on with us on Tuesdays. He obviously has an eye for the goaltenders. Is there an area for you that you kind of can see the game a little better than others?" You know what's strange now is I feel like if I could, with the knowledge that I have and how much I've studied the game um, to date and how much I, you know, many games I've watched, I think I've called over a thousand games now mm-hmm. in the National Hockey League. And I think I'd be a better player now just from what you see on, on the day to day and how you, you know, between the benches, just, you know, you're, you're more of a fan. You're, you're, you know, kind of a, a steward of the game, I guess you will. And, um, I, I try to be well balanced. I, I do spend a lot of time on goaltenders, mm-hmm. um, just because goaltenders are such a big topic of of every single game, right? So um, you just try to evolve every year. I try to get better at something, and uh, you always got to bring the energy. I think that's the biggest thing with a, a broadcaster. No one, no one wants to listen yeah. to a, a monotoned uh, <laughs> bump on a log, right? You, yeah. you got to bring the energy. You got to bring the color and. Um, and I'm enjoying it. It's the best job in the world. I travel around. Yeah. I don't get beat up anymore. And uh, I finally got to see a dentist to fix my teeth and uh, and my nose. <laughs> Lots of improving there going on for sure. Uh, <laughs> a Coyotes analyst Tyson Nash is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440. We've got text coming in, one 833 401-1440. This comes from the Cook family. Lots of watching street hockey with Tyson and my brothers growing up. Maybe you remember that. That comes from Husks. And the Cook family. I don't know if you remember that back in the park days, but um, uh, I think you're still obviously a very popular guy around this uh, part of the part of the world for for hockey for sure. Um, I, there was a couple things that I that I saw, you know, when I was doing a little bit of research on how we were going to do this interview, and I I don't know why I stumbled on this uh, the spit and chicklets. Um, it was just a quick segment. I believe it was Brian Boucher. It was this summer, if I'm not too far off. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe you haven't seen it, Tyson, but um, it was about the all wagon team in Kamloops. Um, did you see that at all, or am I going way out here in left field? Yeah, I, I heard I heard rumors okay. of it. I had a couple of buddies who never seemed to miss a beat. And yeah. yeah, they were they were tossing it. Yeah, I mean, basically the um, the gist of it was that you know they started talking about all these players, da 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 da, and then uh, then someone brought up and Tyson Nash, and then there was a big pause in the conversation, and everyone went Tyson Nash on the all time wagon team. Like, I mean, you must have had so much fun with these guys though playing with them, and then you stay in touch with them, and you you, you trade all the stories. Kind of what what's that experience like for you? Well, I mean, it, uh, you know, it's it's unbelievable what we did in Kamloops is is never going to be repeated. Mm-hmm. I mean, three Memorial Cups in four years, junior careers are so short. Um, you know, but we when you win, I mean, that's how relationships are, are, are formed, right? I mean, that's those are bonds that no matter what happens in life, you, you're always going to have. Uh, we all try to get together uh, every summer, with a, whether it's a golf tournament or, you know, just having some cocktails and, you know, telling old mm-hmm. stories. And, you know, we, we all keep in touch. Uh, the best we can, right? Yeah. Every city you go to, you try to hook up and, you, you know, you try to connect. You got a big text chain going and all the inside jokes flying around. <laughs> and 
Um, you know, it's just a bond that, that never goes away. So uh, it was the all-wagon team, I'll tell you that. It, it was impressive, and any time I can talk about it, I'm certainly never shy about it. Yeah, for sure. Tyson Nash, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440. Uh, what do you make of this uh, Phoenix, or pardon me, Arizona team? I'm still talking about that. I'm sure you have to put 20 in the jar every time you said it for a while. But uh, what do you make of this uh, Arizona team moving forward uh, this year? I guess led by Clayton Keller, and who's just one of a, a handful of players that make you get out of your seat every night. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a grind here for obviously a lot of years, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of rebuilds, mm-hmm. uh, and it looks to me like Bill Armstrong is you know starting to pull us through that uh, that transition um, from full rebuild to you know baby steps moving forward. I think he's added some nice pieces to the team this year, uh, guys and veterans that have been around a long time with other teams, uh, talking about like the Kerfoots and the Dumbas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that are that are really going to help uh, this group and help players like Nick Schmaltz and Clayton Keller, uh, two All Star players. Clayton Keller, one of the best stories in the National Hockey yeah. League last year, as far as uh, the season-ending injury he had, uh, shattering his uh, his leg um, to end his season the year before, and then coming back and putting up the most points uh, that any player uh, has done in the last, I think, 26 years here in Arizona. Uh, and I think that was Keith Kachuk. So pretty good company there for Keller, and I'm looking for him to, to be that much better even this year. I think he's going to hit the 100-point the mark. Um, he, he's a great player. And, uh, again, baby steps moving forward. I think our fans are excited to see the product and, and see us you know, finally starting to come through. What do you make of uh, local product from here, Dylan Gunther? Well, I watched him for a long time. My uh, my son uh, unfortunately had to play against him in the Western Hockey League for uh, for a lot of nights. There was a lot of minuses for uh, for everybody when you played against Gunther. He's a, a power play performer. He can he can score with the best of them. Um, you know, I think him going back to, to junior last year was was probably a, a good move after getting significant time in the National Hockey League. Uh, he certainly knows what uh, what this level, the mm-hmm. speed, the size, the strength uh, that you need that, to play here, but also have success here. And I think he's trained hard, um, you know, and I think that's going to serve him well this year. He's going to be a an impact player and exciting. You look at our team, you, yeah. you got Cooley, who's been unbelievable in training camp this year, way better than I ever expected. Uh, and you got Dylan Gunther, some of the, the, the other young prospects and draft picks that mm-hmm. we have. Uh, just lots to get excited about here. What was the trip down to Aussie like? You you, you went down there, I assume. No, I'm oh. a pigeon. They, they don't they don't bring the pigeons. Oh. So we we were holding holding forward here. I was back in Arizona just oh. working on my uh, my beef jerky suit, working on the tan. <laughs> Which uh, brings me to some of the attire that you wear. I mean. The, the Christmas uh, sweaters, I mean, there's shots with you and the fans kind of doing the doubles. And I mean, where do you come up with this stuff? Struddy sending you this, uh, the uh, the sweaters? What's going on here? Oh, my goodness. You ever seen, it's like Strud gets dressed in the dark every day. I mean, it's, no, he, I don't take, I don't take uh, uh, fashion tips from uh, from the big man, that's, that's for sure. I don't know. You got to keep it light, right? It's, yeah. it's part of the job. Anyone can throw a black suit on with a black tie, yeah. um, you know, and look like you're going to a funeral. Uh, we're going to a hockey game. We're having fun. 
Mm-hmm. You, you throw the odd. Uh, you got to keep the, the fans yes. guessing a little bit. So I, I, I enjoy it. It's a, it's a fun part of the game. I love getting dressed up. Uh, not the makeup so much, but um, <laughs> I, I think I need it. I try to make that nose look smaller. So. Oh. Uh, We've got to ask you one serious one. Uh, Tyson Nash with us on Sports 1440. Just about the state of the organization uh, with the being in Arizona, you know, what happened in Tempe, uh, the feeling around, you know, the state, the city, uh, is the team going to stay? Is it going to go? What's going to happen? Can you kind of just give us a general thought on the direction of, uh, of the organization and the franchise? Well, I don't think much has changed. I I think our ownership group is a a thousand percent committed uh, to building, uh, building a rank here. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I think it's no different. I, I lived in Edmonton and, uh, as good as the fan base is there, I mean, if if you put that rink out in, I don't know, Vegraville, yeah. I mean, that would be almost equivalent to, to where our rink was at uh, in Glendale. I mean, nobody wants to go out there. It doesn't work out there. You look at the Ottawa Senators; it ne- it doesn't work out in Canada, and that and that's Canada. Mm-hmm. You have to have your rink where your fans are, and the, the rink was downtown for 15 years, and that's where our fan base uh, started. Uh, and that's where it still remains. So we need a rink down in that area, and our owners are a thousand percent committed to finding that plot of land, building um, the rink that they want to build, the entertainment district. They have a vision, uh, and if they can get this done, it will be the best setup in the entire National Hockey League. And at that point, every player uh, is going to want to come play here for a million different reasons. I've been here so long. Every lockout, every Olympic break, every All-Star break, the players come to Arizona and uh, they come for the sunshine. Uh, and can you imagine if we had a oh. great product, which we're starting to build? Um, we just need the rank now. Yeah, I, I did so many games when I was lucky enough to do uh, Oilers fill in on color. So many games in Glendale and it was, it was hard just to get out there and it was hard to to see the atmosphere but man if you're right if you can get something in, in downtown just like it used to be you know 15 20 years ago man because it, it was rocking down there yeah it's honestly i i played in that rink i played in both rinks and mm-hmm. when it was downtown it was a spectacle players loved i played with the blues we'd go into arizona there was nothing like it you yeah. loved it the mm-hmm. sun Oh, I think we just, oh, we got you back. Go ahead. So just finish that thought, Tyson. I was just saying, you know, if if it can get downtown, as I said before, I mean, as a player, I played downtown when I was with St. Louis and, Mm -hmm. you know, I played for the Coyotes downtown as well. And there was nothing like it. So if we can get anywhere close to that, it's going to be pretty special. Well, hey, thanks for taking some time. I know we went a little longer than normal, but anytime you can give uh, Struddy a jab or two, it's well worth it, isn't it? Oh, you got that right. He's like I said, he's a he's a big easy target. <laughs> Love the guy. All right, Nasher, we'll see you when uh, Arizona comes to town. Take care, big guy. You bet. Yeah. All right, that's uh, Tyson Nash, Coyotes analyst, and our. Uh, uh, part of our puck report brought to you by uh, Fountain Tire. Once the weather hits 7 degrees for 7 days, it is a good time to get your tires changed. Doesn't matter if there's snow on the ground just yet. It's the temperature change that matters more as a signal to change your tires. Uh 
Yeah, anytime you can give uh, Stratty a little dig, Duke, that's, you know, it, it just adds. It adds to the program. It does. Uh, we're going to talk a little Major League Baseball when we come back, touch on the Oilers a little bit more. Uh, we will elevate our game and your game for Ram Lifts coming up uh, in this hour. Then at the top of the hour, Marco Arope, world champion in the 800 meters. And can you beat it? Kicking off the, the 10 o'clock hour with that and then finishing the 10 o'clock hour with... Matt Dunnigan, CFL on TSN. Still a whole lot more to come on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. That's a Friday staple for you, Duke, isn't it? Like, I mean, we are, you can just count on it. It's But we haven't heard any Brian Adams yet today, have we? Not yet. I got, uh, we had a few requests come in, as we always encourage on Fridays. Whatever song gets you in a good mood to head into the weekend for some of our break intros. So I had to get some of our requested yeah. ones in what, and what then else? of course our staples like karma chameleon yeah. and uh, power <laughs> of love and a few more on the docket yet including your favorite to yeah. uh, outro the show yeah. what was the one request i saw the one that i i can't remember the uh call me by blondie yes blondie yeah, yeah. Oh, I bought that album. I, I really, I, <laughs> but doesn't that sound awful? Like on eight track or what? No, I, it was an album. I remember buying it. Uh, came out relatively the same time as the Village People uh, with their YMCA album. It would probably be, I don't know, 1979-ish. I feel like low tide, don't I? I mean, it's just awful. Th- you know what? If the two of us ever got on the air at the same time, I don't know if anything would be talked about except for all the old crap that goes on um text coming in one 401 1440 nasher is a beauty uh back to uh before the nine o'clock hour we were talking about chase claypool being traded to miami uh robbie sends this one in claypool also celebrated a first down with 35 seconds left in the fourth quarter i remember that um mike tomlin was none too happy about it I don't think those two guys ever saw eye to eye at all, at all. Big night coming up in, uh, well, on the Edmonton sports scene. You got two games going on, one on the road, one at home. Oilers are home to Seattle tonight, 7 o'clock puck drop. Um, We'll see if we see Ryan McLeod uh, in action, did skate yesterday. Uh, Matthias Echo, not sure exactly where his status is. Um, uh, Jay Woodcroft did say, last week and even into this week that he was hoping to get Matthias Ekholm in for one game. Uh, We'll see exactly where the direction goes with the roster tonight as the Oilers close out the preseason and open up the regular season next Wednesday in Vancouver. The home opener is next Saturday. Uh, when Vancouver visits. And, of course, we are going to be busy on Saturday at uh, down at uh, Century Casino Sports Bar. The Duke and I will be hosting a little event, uh, the Sports 1440 Home Opener Watch Party. Are you fired up for that, Duke? I am fired yeah. up. I, uh, I love casinos. <laughs> oh, man, we could be in Ho- trouble. Hopefully there's, uh, you know, the great turnout. We're expecting yeah. enough people there to keep me busy, keep me away from some of the tables and just in front of the screen watching the game instead. Duke, I got so many casino stories to tell you that you will not believe. <laughs> You're going to not believe them. We can't even say them on air. It's been a while since they happened, but you'll be shocked at them. Yeah, yeah you can you can run them by me uh, off air. I'll vet them. and then They're that- not going on air. <laughs> I can guarantee you they, they are not going on air because, um, well, okay, it's not to that extent, but let's just say 
Do you remember who we had on the very first day of the of the uh, when we came on the air in Sports fourteen forty? Our guest the list, Chief Chief yes. McPhee. Yeah. Okay. We had Chief Dale McPhee on. Let's just say there were some authorities involved. <laughs> was this like a backroom casino or what? No, it's a long time ago. It's you know. Oh, so when they were, when they were all backroom casinos. <laughs> I've settled down a lot, Duke, over the years. There was a time. There was a time. But anyway, on the uh, 14th, Duke and I will be at uh, Century Casino Sports Bar on uh, Fort Road. So come and join us. Start at 7.30 or 8. Uh, we've got great prizes to win on site. Uh, the coolest one is the uh, Edmonton uh, Zamboni Cooler. Uh, so you can go to our website uh, at 1440.ca for more information on that. But I'm looking forward to that night. Uh, it's kind of, I was kind of torn between saying, well, do you want to go to the game on the home opener? Because it's always an exciting time. But I think just to get our listeners out, because uh, not everybody can go to the game, obviously. It's a, it's opening night. It's a tough ticket. Um, looking forward to hearing uh, some stories from our listeners and, and just to kind of check in with them and, and see what their, their thoughts are on the Oilers' uh, upcoming season. And then also tonight, the uh, Elks in Toronto. That's a 5 o'clock kickoff. Very slim, 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 Jim. Playoff hopes alive uh, as far as the Elks are concerned. But I don't think that was for the last, maybe it's been in the back of their minds. I can't see it being in the back of their minds that, and to the extent of, you know, we got a shot here. I think it's more about the process of getting better. Uh, here, I'll throw this one out to our listeners. We, okay, we get texts all day long. They come in one a minute, basically. More sometimes. That time we gave away tickets uh, to the Oilers, we had about 100 texts in, in one minute, less than that. Um, we haven't received too many texts about the Elks this week. Um, is that, in your mind, Duke, a, a product of where the team is, uh, just record-wise? Is it a product of, uh, is there apathy towards the team? I mean, even... I'll be honest. I thought on Wednesday when we had Al Simon from Red Deer talking about the Chiefs logo in Red Deer and the fact that this was a process that the Eskimos went through to change their name to the Elks. We never had any comments about that from any Elks fans. None. I was surprised. But we had a lot of comments about it from a Red Deer angle saying, we approve of this. We approve of the transparency Transparency about moving forward. Did that surprise you at all, a little bit? It did, actually. And I think, for me, I can probably like accredit this lack of Elks engagement, I guess, uh, over the past week. It's probably a combination of two things. One being the bye week. Like it, As soon as there's not a game on for us to talk about and, and kind of refer back to constantly, it automatically puts them into like the back of the fans minds um, because I'm there's tons of fans here in the city that they're just Elks fans they're not mm-hmm. Oilers fans they're not um, NFL fans whatever else like that is their their primary focus but when you couple that bye week with the fact that we're down to the last few weeks of the season the playoffs are a uh, pipe dream yeah. away right and we all know the struggles they've endured despite the the second half turnaround but all those things kind of rolled into one I think are probably the main reason. At least that's how I view it. I'm going to throw this one out to our listeners and to you, Duke. So next Saturday is the Elks' final home game of the season. It's a 2 o'clock start. It's also the Oilers' home opener, which is an 8 o'clock start. I can remember for years and years, there would be certain times of the, the season in the fall that there would be an Elks game at home and 
maybe this is a little far apart time-wise from 2 o'clock till 8 o'clock. But if it were, say, 2 o'clock to 7 or, or maybe that was a little later in the afternoon, maybe a, a, we could even use a 5 o'clock elk start and an 8 o'clock Oilers start. There would be thousands of fans that would go to both games. They would go, I am making a point of this and I'm going to be going right away from Commonwealth if we have to leave a little earlier or I'm going to continue on and move on to the Oilers game which would be second on the doubleheader if in Edmonton if you want to call it that. I I would be shocked. I would be hard-pressed to say I can't see there being 100 fans that would take in both games this coming up Saturday, a week from tomorrow. Two o'clock start. Give us a shout. 1-833-401-1440. 1-833-401-1440. Next Saturday, are you going to go to the Elks game at 2? Are you going to carry on and go to the Oilers game at 8? Home opener. Uh, text coming in at 1-833-401-1440. It's not positive on the Elks. Elks are pretty low on the totem pole right now. JCD. Um Babbage stash. No Elks. Tex, only because the Oilers are starting. Elks, essentially a placeholder until the Oilers start again. Uh, the beer man is working both games. Now that is cool. Okay, now that, we got to check in with the beer man. That's a story for next week. Don't you think, Duke? Get him on. Get the beer man on next week. Tell me how your day is going to happen. So you're going to go to Commonwealth at, I don't know, 1 o'clock? Then you're going to be there till 5.30. Then you hustle over. How much in tips are you going to make doing both games? Are you walking the stands for, like, are you in a, like, that's what we want to know. That uh, The the stand walking beer guys are the ones that intrigue me the most because what you see, right? I mean, mm-hmm. obviously you're trying to catch the game. You're probably a fan still as well, but your primary focus is your job, which is to sling some uh, cold beverages for the patrons. And what you can see in that process of maybe someone has uh, overindulged, not on your watch, probably. They were probably (laughs) tricking the the great staff at both facilities, uh, but whatever the case. And I mean, I've had friends that have fallen down the stairs at football games and in the Saddle Dome. For sure. I think there's a few good laughs to come out of uh, stories that a beer beer salesperson at... yeah. Sporting events would have. I think we got to get beer man, beer man on just for five minutes to tell tell us next week how his week is going to go for both games. Uh, Jeffy, biggest downfall downfall was the NFL being easy to watch in Canada and the Elks name change. Um, John Gooley, me and Maddie G went to the Eskimos and Oilers doubleheader many times over the years. But not anymore. The Elks have lost me. We were 27-year season seat holders with the Esks. Now I'm just a CFL Fan. Uh, Shane, the city lives and dies with the Oilers. That's about 80% of the reason. I get that too, but there are a lot of double E fans. There are a lot. Um, love the Elks. They've been much better the past seven games. That being said, I will lay the seven points tonight with the Argos. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people might be. Uh, Gord Oil. Gord Oil. Going to see the Elks. Season seat holder, not the Oilers. Can't afford it. Point taken, point taken. Um, Jamie says we are going to both games. So, again, I, I it used to be such a, an event in the city. Uh, people going and, you know, then you take the train, right? Zip, you don't have to worry about anything. You're going from Commonwealth. 
figure it out. Guys would go to the bar across the street at the end zone grill, right? Sit there for whatever, couple hours, an hour, then zip down, go across the street at, at Rexall to uh, uh, the Fireside Lounge. It, it was a massive event. Um, I used to love going to the Elks game, then the Oilers game right after. But with concession prices being what they are, it no longer makes sense. Now I feel like both teams are actively ripping off their fans. It's not easy going to a game. It's not cheap. Uh, We're going to continue this conversation, but when we come back, we are going to elevate our game for Ram Lifts. We're going to talk about last night's Chicago Washington game, and in particular, the performance of DJ Moore. How did he elevate his game? Eight catches, 230 yards. But where does that rank in the NFL all-time list of receiving? That's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show with the Duke on Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the big program, 943 in Edmonton, Duke. You got me on that one. Uh on our Friday playlist. Uh, was that a request or did you that just... Was, that was a request take? coming in from Marty a little earlier in the program. Uh, that might be the newest song we have ever played You're kidding. on the Kevin Carey Show because that song is like recent. That's on... Like CFCW is playing that right now. Huh. So uh, Morgan Wall and everything I love. A fun little fun little ditty oh, off I the like it. It's yeah, a little twang to it, to it oh, you yeah. bet. Yeah. You know the other thing? I was listening to a couple... Uh, our, the guy I golf with on Sundays, uh, Sean Piercy, has got a playlist going. He had a couple of the country guys from America's Got Talent. Have you heard those ones? Uh, there's a, I don't know if it was this past season or maybe season last. I don't really keep up with the, that show anymore. But yeah, there was a guy yeah. who... Um, Mitch Rousseau, I think his name is. He He's on this show and is like making it very deep in the... Or did very yeah. make it very deep into it. He toured with Garth Brooks. I saw him open for Garth Brooks when he was here huh. at Roger's place, uh, selling out whatever eight shows in a row. He's written for Garth, all this stuff. So he's kind of getting now some real time in the spotlight uh, hmm. on this very, um, very popular uh, program yeah. in the States. So. You're going to have to get the, that song. I can't remember what it was, but I think it could have been two years. He looked like Elvis Presley, the guy that's from America's Got Talent. About two years ago. Uh, anyway, time now to elevate your game by Ram Elevators and Lifts. Uh, the Forbes, best-rated residential elevators and manufactured right here in Edmonton. Visit TrustRam.com for more information. I actually went down to the the plant where they make the lifts. Uh, Corey Smith gave me a tour of it a little while ago. Uh, pretty neat area for sure. So our angle today to elevate your game was what happened last night in the Thursday night football game. And DJ Moore definitely elevated his game, caught eight balls for 230 yards and three touchdowns. If you had him in fantasy, only 49 points in an all PPR league. But it made me think, you know, that's a pretty big night. So what were the biggest nights in NFL history where receivers elevated their game? How many yards did they get? Well, I was kind of stunned that last night, DJ Moore's 230 yards didn't even crack crack the top 50. Not even the top 50. So the Duke and I kind of did a little brainstorming last night and then today and looked into it. The number one receiving night in NFL history happened in 1989. Flipper Anderson... He caught 15 balls for 336 yards, one touchdown. 
for the Rams back in the day when he was playing uh, and they were playing against New Orleans and most of it happened in the later stages of the game. Now, the Duke, you had to kind of look at this as well and you weren't sure exactly a lot about Flipper Anderson. Happened back in 89. But number two on the list, you remember that one obviously quite well because Calvin Johnson. And I mean, we saw Megatron put up some beastly numbers for the Detroit Lions. So he is number two on the list with 329 yards, uh, had uh, 14 receptions. So I kind of remember that game because everyone was going bananas. The fact that he was over 300, maybe this record was in sight. I think he just ran out of time. Um, when we were kind of coming up with this Elevate Your Game uh, segment and thinking about the the ways we could do it, on Mondays we do it with Laureate Munzer kind of mentally, this was a kind of an interesting component to it. So when you looked at that list, what caught your eye when you saw all these great receivers? And then DJ Moore, not even in the top 50. Like, yeah, you're scrolling down and it is not on this list. 233 at a tie for, with Isaac Bruce and Drew Bennett for a 50th place in single game receiving yards, which is crazy because you, you, it's rare to see games like this anymore where mm-hmm. one guy can just go off for this much. I mean, we've seen when you look at the top 10, um, there's four entries from the past 10 years uh, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones. Yeah. And Antonio Brown. So just three, pardon me. From the, and the most recent one of those being in 2016 with Julio, who is tremendous in his own right. But then as you keep going down, like only active players, Tyree Kill and Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is just last season with 266. Yeah. So like it does happen, but it is so few and far between. And what's even more surprising when you look at some of these numbers that are from so long ago, number four, Jim Benton, 1945. <laughs> 303. Was the forward pass even allowed in 1945? It's 303 yards he had. Uh, and it was against Detroit. So I was like, oh, man, what else could happen yeah, against classic. Detroit? Um, for sure. I mean, the names on the list are just amazing. Now, what really caught my eye was the Flipper Anderson because it happened in 1989. And... So I kind of looked it up and I was like, well, this is kind of interesting. It's got a, you know, I mean, Flipper Anderson got a great name, you know, Rams. I mean, then I kind of looked at the the story behind it and the quarterback for the Rams at that time who elevated his game was Jim Everett. And Jim Everett kind of, I'm sure a lot of people remember Jim Everett. And one of the things you might remember about Jim Everett um, he was on a talk show with a very prominent um, radio host, Jim Rome. And Jim Rome, and I'm, it's almost, if you look at it, it happened a long time ago. Jim Rome kept calling him Chrissy Everett. And he said, you call me that one more time, I'm coming over the table. And Rome just said, Chrissy. And then Rome went over the table, table goes flying. Rome and Everett are kind of going at it, pushing whatever. I don't know if it was in a sense that... Um, uh, you know, I mean, people were saying it was all staged, things like that, but it was kind of humorous in that sense. So anyway, the story here, Duke, is that after those yards, 336 yards, Flipper Anderson never even got the game ball. Like, and was going, how come I'm not getting the game ball? That was the the crazy part of the story in the sense that Jim Everett got the game ball, still, I think, might have had it for a number of years. Don't know if it ever got into the hands of Flipper Anderson, uh, but I thought that was pretty neat. Now, you wanted to kind of touch on just DJ Moore going basically to Chicago and the the whole trade with Carolina, how this came about, because 
really the Bears they won this trade. I mean, unless unless Bryce Young turns into something, man. And we've seen Bryce Young's struggles so far through the season, and it's never easy for a, a quarterback to get going. It's very rare you see guys take off right out of the gate, and especially for a smaller guy like Bryce Young, he's got an extra layer uh, to his challenges. But yeah, so DJ Moore, the number nine overall pick, which became Darnell Washington. We saw him have a role in the game last night. 61 overall, first-round pick in 2024, which the Panthers are still yet to win a game this season, so they are on track for the first overall pick which now belongs to the Bears, and a second-round pick in 2025. So even if you exclude DJ Moore out of this conversation, which is pretty tough to do because he was a centerpiece, those four draft picks alone make this, I think, one-sided in and of itself. DJ Moore, in his career, three 1,100-plus-yard seasons, four touchdowns in each of them, the only time before that with the Panthers was his rookie year, 788. And then this past season, he only had 888 yards, but had seven TDs. Well, he's already almost matched that after just, you know, a few a few weeks with the Bears. Like, this is a legitimate number one wide receiver that the Panthers mm-hmm. traded away when they're bringing in a rookie quarterback. That doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. And I mean, and now, so what's left as far as when you look at the receiving core... I mean, Carolina drafted Mingo, right? So he's hurt right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just hurting. I mean, they don't have the offense. This was a guy, I, I don't even know how he could be part of this trade. It's And so they brought in Adam Thielen from yeah. uh, Minnesota, which a guy I really respect and think is a good player as well, a very good player. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, like him and Bryce Young don't really seem to have much juice going. The one when Andy Dalton played, Adam Thielen had a terrific game. Uh, and statistically speaking, I should say, yes. uh, the numbers pop off the page at you. So I don't know if it's just a matter of more reps, Bryce Young getting comfortable. When when a team sees a guy at the top of a draft and they, they want him, that's their guy. You know you're going to have to overpay for it. But this was so steep of an overpay. Bryce Young was pretty much the consensus first pick. There was a few rumblings about C.J. Stroud or or maybe even one of the defensive players, but realistically this isn't a can't miss prospect this isn't Caleb Williams who's coming up this next year who the Bears very well may be in a position to take if Carolina continues to slide and the Bears you know play more like they did in the first four weeks as opposed to last night Mm -hmm. they might have the first two picks in the draft (laughs) which is it's crazy I don't think it's ever happened before um and I mean the draft is I, I don't I mean, and you said like when you look at what Justin Fields has done the last two games, I mean he has to be your quarterback moving forward. Well, that's the that's the tough part for Chicago fans because all of a sudden four weeks in or three weeks in, even four weeks in, you say, okay, yeah, this is it. This was fun. Thanks, Justin Fields. You're not the guy. Mm -hmm. Wish you well. If you go land somewhere else and have success, all the best to you. But now after last night's performance, like you have to, like you're gonna keep rolling with them regardless. But now fast forward, if let's mm-hmm. say the Bears do have the first pick courtesy of the Panthers, yeah. are you taking can you can you not take Caleb Williams? I don't know. I mean, maybe you trade maybe now you're trading the pick again. <laughs> Could you would, imagine? That would be something. Ah. Uh, so anyway, uh when you were talking about elevating your game, this was just a, a neat segment in the sense to to look at 
hard to believe that he wasn't even in the top 50. And did you, I, I can't remember, sorry, I was on the phone, Duke, trying to uh, line up our guests coming in here at 10 o'clock, Marco Arope uh, and uh, Ronnie Thompson, but I, I might have missed it. Did you say how many yards out of the 280 or the 260 did Justin Fields throw for? Uh, to, to sorry, yeah, no. So, like, DJ Moore had 230 yards receiving last yeah. night. That, like, if you're talking percentage-wise, Justin Fields had 285 yards passing. That's only 53 <laughs> other or 55 other yards to other everyone else on the team. And Cole Komet, and they didn't have any running backs. They were running a fullback yeah. for almost half the game. And Cole Komet must have been half of that 50 whatever. And he he was the other touchdown. So I mean, it's hard to believe that Washington couldn't sniff this out. Washington's secondary is very inexperienced. They talked about it a lot on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, their front is intimidating and vicious. They got after fields a couple times. Um, but yeah, their secondary sure did not look up to snuff. Well, uh, I got to do a little work here and try to find Marco a rope. I think he might be lost in the mall, but hopefully we have him at the top of the hour uh, and uh, and Ronnie Thompson. So uh, some some neat numbers to look at uh, regarding uh, DJ Moore and all the wide receivers in NFL history. Again, Flipper Anderson, 336 yards back in 1989, never got the game ball. That has been Elevate Your Game, brought to you by Ram Elevators and Lifts, uh, manufacturing the safest elevator since 1987. TrustRam.com. At the top of the hour, we hope Marco Arope and Ronnie Thompson in studio on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. First up, a sports update. With the Duke.